Yeah, you can go. Don't be so happy about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I still try not to let that hurt my feelings. Everybody's so quick to and happy to get away from Pastor Tony. Even the teachers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, good morning. And God bless. As we still continue to have, um, you know, sickness and, and ill health and, and stuff affect us, I still am so thankful and grateful that um, we have Jehovah Rapha, our Lord, our healer. And regardless of, um, you know, going to doctors and, and medicine and, and all this other stuff, there is no other healer like God. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we give you thanks today as we lift up those who still may be in this building, watching, listening. Father, who still may be um, feeling less than totally healthy right now. Father, both in their body and, and Father, more importantly, in the spirit. Father, you are Jehovah Rapha. You, you sent your word to heal our disease, both physically, Father, but more importantly, spiritually. So, Lord, thank you that even in the midst of physical challenges, Lord, we can have joy and be thankful because of what you've done in the Spirit. So, Lord, even now, though we may be feeling less than healthy in our bodies, thank you, Lord, for strengthening us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you, Lord, that we still can have joy and we can still have shalom. Lord, thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord, that all this is because you are love. And thank you, Lord, for your love, which we don't deserve, but you are love, and you graciously, mercifully, have extended, extended that toward us. So, Lord, I pray in this moment you would continue to do that. You would extend your grace, mercy, and specifically, Lord, your love toward us. And that, Lord, as we commit the rest of this time to you, Lord, this would be nothing if you weren't here and you weren't teaching us, that you weren't giving us your word, Lord, that we might learn, that we might draw near to you. Lord, so that you will draw near to us. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, I'll tell you, uh, just almost, I don't know, it happens very frequently, but, you know, I thought I was doing something and had notes and such, and, and, but then this morning, early in the wee hours, I could not, this scripture just kept coming to me. Every, listen, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights in whom there is no variant, variableness or shadow of turning. I just am laying there in bed trying to go back to sleep and I can't go back to sleep and this scripture keeps just crushing me. So when I got up and I started to, 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 to study and, and everything, I did, it just, I, I have to study this. I couldn't go forward and so I got to be honest with you, I'm struggling, I'm at a loss. I, I really, just Holy Spirit needs to just take control of this because this is not what I was prepared for. So I started taking this apart. So we'll see what the Spirit says. So let's go there in James uh, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Verse 18, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of a first fruits of his creatures. My brothers and sisters, we've been studying on uh, light and maybe that's why the light was in me. And, and I, but now remember in uh, 1 John, this is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light. God is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. So now I'm looking at this and, and, and I'm starting to break this down and trying to you know, uh, 
just really, okay, Lord, how, wh where, what direction do you want me to go with this? I know you've, you've given me the scripture. Obviously, I'm meditating on it. I know it. The folks in the church know it. Folks certainly listen. Anybody who's been in church at all knows the scripture. And certainly, we've been studying James on Wednesday nights. So we, we are very familiar with the scripture. So where do you want me to go? So I'm just going to start to break it down, okay? First, we'll go the Father of Lights. He is light and the Father of light. Because we see in John, he is light. We also study together as we've been studying light. Jesus said, you know, he himself, Jesus is the light of the world. I am the light of the world, right? Okay, Jesus, the word, the word became flesh, dwelt among us, amen? And that word is the light, that light is the life of men, amen? Remember in first, uh, I'm sorry, in the gospel of John, in that first chapter, we studied that together. I don't want to repeat all of those things. But he is light and the father of lights, the father of lights. Just listen to me right now. I'm going to just show you how I took this apart and, and praise God. I hope it means to you what it means to me. The earth was without form in Genesis chapter 1 beginning in verse 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Okay, my brothers and sisters, that doesn't mean that he created the sun in that moment. Because on day four is when he talks about creating the sun, the greater light, and the lesser light, the moon, and the stars. So, as I'm reading this, the earth was without form and void and darkness. Now, I'm not going to get into the Adamic Gab, Genesis 1 and 2. I'm, I don't, I don't want to get into all of that. But, at this, but there was chaos. There was, there, there was evil. And God said, let there be light. Not the sun. Amen. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him. All things were created through him for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist and he is the head of the body the church so we know this is speaking specifically about jesus jesus said that and in the scripture now it's saying that everything was created through him through jesus for him in the beginning right god created the heavens and the earth chaos darkness god said let there be light Hallelujah. Everything that came from that point forward, it was because God said, let there be light. Jesus appeared in this brilliance, in this glory. We already know that the Spirit of God was there. It was hovering, right, over the deep. So the Spirit of God was already there. And then the Word of God came forth and shone as bright light. And all of the evilness and all of the darkness that existed then had to bow, uh-oh, Something's about to happen. Man, I don't know. I get excited about it. You guys, you should see your face. Come on. So, Uh-oh, something is about to happen. Hallelujah. In Hebrews, look at this with me. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, Heir of what? All, All things. Through whom he also made the worlds. Through who? 
the Son, Jesus. He made everything through Jesus, who being the brightness, come on, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. You have this, this dynamic, this relationship between light, the word, Jesus, God, all one, simultaneously existing. But look what it says. The brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. So God said, let there be light. The word of God broke forth and there was this great light and brightness. It says in the scripture that he is he himself, right, clothes himself in inapproachable light. So we get this, this picture, this this. I, I love this because I, it's for me, someone who is real visually orientated, I, I want to picture this stuff. And the best way to describe what happened in creation is there was chaos, there was evil, there was this darkness, there was, there was this, and all of a sudden God said, here I am. Amen. Hallelujah. That, mean, that means something to me. So, so look, all light and life emanates from God. Period. All of it consists, all of it has its existence from God. Very specifically. See, I want to go back to uh, John. I wrote it down because I want to remember in John, in that first chapter, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who was? The Word. All things were made through Him. Who's that? Well, we just read it again in Colossians. See, the, the scripture interprets itself. We don't have to guess. It's telling us. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't overtake it, can't comprehend it, cannot overwhelm it. Come on. Hallelujah. The darkness had to go away. Hallelujah. Okay, so now let's go back to our scripture in James. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Wow. So, look, so, so I want to say this too. Jesus is the head of the body of the church, right? It says that he is the heir of what things? All things. So what that means is we're his body. So in Christ, we are the heir of all things. Well, don't look so happy about it. Don't get excited. I mean, so whatever we're striving for, whatever we're working for, whatever treasure we think that we're gathering up here, it's nothing compared to what we will have in Christ. And in fact, let me say it this way. By faith, we already have it in Christ. Amen? Amen? Okay, no, no seriously. I, I got to tell you that there's a lot of times as I'm going through my every day, I forget that. I don't remember that. That I already have everything that I need. I already have everything. And look, I may have to suffer through some things and it may not always look good, but the fact of the matter is it's already done. It's, it's already done. So why should I waste my time and I don't want to do this in disappointment about things that I don't achieve or that I don't receive here? The only thing that really breaks my heart is those who are in my family or those who are in, in the church or those who, that God has laid burdens on my heart for that they're, they're not living for Christ or they're not being saved or they're living below, listen, below the blessing. They're being troubled. Come on. That's the stuff that really gets to me. But even that, 
I have to understand there has to be something in me that even rises above that so that it doesn't drain me, so that it doesn't, I don't know why I'm going here, so that it doesn't drain me, take me down a level so that now I become ineffective for those who God has placed in my atmosphere, for God who, for, for, for those who God has placed in my care, those who I'm supposed to intercede for. Am I interceding just, oh, woe is me, or am I interceding with this faith that says, okay, God, you are, uh, you've made us the heir of all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So now let me approach you that way instead of saying, oh God, what's going to happen? Oh, no, God. God, you've laid this person on my heart. God, you can. So God, please, will you heal this person? God, will you show up in their life? God, will you? I, 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 I wasn't going to talk about this, but now I am. Hallelujah. We saw what happening with this, this young man. Damar Hamlin. I, I, I think it's an amazing thing. I don't know whether he's born again or not. I don't know whether all of the... I know all of the people that are around the world that are praying are not born again Christians. I know that God is not hearing the prayers of all of those people who are throwing up prayers. But I do know this, that there are many people that are throwing up prayers that are throwing prayers up to the true and living God and, and they did it in faith. I do know that, listen, somehow, some way, God will get glory out of this. I do know that somehow, some way, that God will save some people who otherwise may have not have even given him, him a second thought in this situation. Hallelujah. No, I know that because we prayed for that on Wednesday, didn't we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. And when God is, when, you, when we go to God and we seek God with our heart, the light, He didn't, listen, He didn't speak us into existence. He didn't bring us light. And He didn't have that light be the life of men so that He can just sit there on the throne and just wait for us to make a mistake so that He could kick us to the curb and say, okay, done with you. Next. It doesn't work that way. Amen. He loves us. And listen, I could be, I, I don't want to be a Pharisee about this thing. When I'm seeing all of those people promoting praying and all this other stuff, and I know they, a lot of them don't even know God, and I know a lot of those prayers ain't going to make it past the ceiling, but that doesn't matter. What matters is there are plenty of people that did pray, that did pray in faith, that did pray to the true and living God, and that God will be glorified. Amen? To God be the glory, great things He has done. I hope God gets all the credit for this young man being healed. I hope God gets all the credit and God somehow, some way, my brothers and sisters, saves someone, even if it's just someone in that family. Hallelujah. Would it have been worth it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's this God that we serve. That's this God. Listen, who it says, could you put that scripture back up there, Addy, for me? 117. No variation or shadow of turning. No variation or shadow of turning. What is this saying? He listen, he doesn't change. He doesn't go away. And so this is in a language that anybody can understand. They, they understood the rising of the sun and shadows, and they probably used, what, what's that called? A dial? What, what is that? I, I, sundial. They, they knew about that, that kind of thing. See, my brothers and sisters, in a little, you know, in a few hours, it's going to start to get dark. Why? Because this earth is, is turning. And so the sun is going to be shining on the other side of our planet. But that's not how it is with God. A cloud can, can right now float and block that sun and you won't see it. 
and it'll get suddenly a little darker, won't it? It doesn't work that way with God. There is, listen, he's not going to change. He's always consistent. He's not going to go away. Let me, let me read to you from Psalm. This is what our, our older brother David understood. In 139.7, Where can I go from your spirit? Capital S. Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be lit about me. Did you hear that? Even the night shall be lit about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Hallelujah. Isn't that so awesome? So every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's not going to learn. There's nothing that's going to get between you and him. There's nowhere you can go that's going to separate you from him. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 That is awesome stuff. In, in James, you know, so, so I want to go back. If we go to 16, the first part, it says, Do not be, see, be deceived, my beloved brethren. See, it starts off, this little passage, it's starting off. Did I give you that one, Addy? It's, uh, anyway, it's James 1.16. <clears throat> Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. That, that's what it says. And then he goes into this. Every good and perfect gift comes. So listen, so now there's a point here that is being made. And it's being made because there is obviously a, a way that we can be, be deceived into thinking that some things are good gifts that are coming from, uh, from God and they're either not good gifts or they're definitely not coming from God, either one. Don't be deceived. The good and perfect gifts, they're coming from God. Let me read to you something. I want to give us some point of reference here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it says this. I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you have accepted, you put up with it in reality. See, and what he's, he goes on to say that the, the enemy, the enemy is, is going to come and he's going to come dis disguised even as an angel of, of light. Amen. Satan himself comes disguised as an angel of light. It doesn't matter. If, if, the, if we could darken the lights in here and I could just throw this on, you, your eyes would be drawn to it. But even, no, but even though, listen... Even if, even though we have light, no matter where I go, this stands out, right? I could walk anywhere in this room, and, it's, and it stands out. Your light, your eyes are automatically drawn to it, right? It, it, you're, uh, come on, naturally, I mean, it's, 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 it's what happens when we're human, and our, our eyes are automatically drawn to this. The enemy of our soul knows that. So something that looks bright, something that looks good, automatically gets our attention. Right? And, and it works on us. It, it, it works on us. Isn't that right? It, it, it gets us to maybe be distracted, simply to be distracted, uh, so that 
you know, something else in our life that God has intended for us. Now we're no longer in tune with that because we're distracted. We're, we're going, the enemy of our soul knows that. When Paul, given this, um, my brothers and sisters, some of its context, what he's talking about is a lot of these false teachers that are in the church that are speaking, you know, probably swelling things, good things, or things that, you know, maybe appeal to certain groups of people and they're trying to amass followings that way. Some of them may be sincere, sincerely wrong, but sincere. But the fact is, so, so there, there's a warning here. There's a warning here. See, not everything... Have you ever heard that... Um, what was that saying? All that glitters is not gold. See, just because something seems good doesn't mean that it's good. Now, counterwise, in our human thinking, just because something seems bad doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. What do I mean by that? I, I, I'm going to go back to what I've said here time and time again, and that is what Paul says. I want to know him more. How, how am I going to get to do that? Not just in the power of his resurrection, but in the fellowship of his sufferings. I know him more when I'm being tested than when things are going good and I'm not begging him to bail me out. That's just a fact. Because that's how we're wired as humans. Now, listen, I know generally speaking, that's, that's a general statement and it's probably true of a lot of folks. But if you really think about it, search your own heart and your own mind. Just think back um, were you as intent on getting a hold of God when things were hunky-dory in your life or when you were experiencing some hardship or something that you really needed some help with? Amen. Right? So it's natural. And, you're, and listen, you're in good company. I mean, that's just that's the, way, that's the way we are naturally. Right? But see, and, and Paul, and that's, the part, that's part of Paul's statement. See, I, I, I just don't want to know him when the, the signs, wonders, and miracles are happening. I just don't want to know him when I'm going to the church and they're playing all of the music that I like or I'm going to a, a Hillsong concert or I'm going to whoever, just name whoever your favorite Christian artist is and, I'm, and I know the words to the song and, I'll, and I feel the goosebumps and the chill bumps and the Holy Spirit is moving. Is that real? It could be, but it could be emotional. But either way, it's, 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 not, just, it's not just that. What Paul is saying in that statement to us is, listen, listen, it's in those times when you're suffering that you still keep your mind and your focus on God because there are going to be some good things that happen and they're coming from Him. And even if you can go ahead and focus your attention on God and still in all of those things be thankful to Him because you know somehow, some way that good is going to come of this. If I can make my mindset, if I can get that in my heart and know that I know that I know, okay, all things work together for good, Romans 8, for those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to His purpose. Okay, Lord, even in the middle of this bad stuff, something good is going to happen. You're going to use this for my good. Lord, I made a mistake. I made a bad decision, and I put myself in this situation. Nevertheless, I find myself right now on my knees and saying, Lord, forgive me for making a mistake. Forgive me for maybe not listening to you or not hearing you, but Lord, in this moment, can you help me? And know what the Lord is saying? Mm, I don't know. No, he's going to say, of course. Of course. He's our Father. He gave us life. Amen? Amen? Poured out His life and light into us. Why? So that 
you know, he can have glee and turn his back on us when we fail? No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at this with me. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, 2 Corinthians, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this God who loves us so much was able, listen, through the face of Jesus Christ, through the person of Jesus Christ, was able to give us this light of knowledge. We have this light now in us, this light of knowledge. We know him. And that's the way he imparts his light to us. We know him. And now we're children of light. Amen? Amen? Amen. Some of you don't sound as convinced. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to verse 18. In verse 18 it says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. So, so look. By his own will he brought us forth. What does that mean? Brought forth. If you look at that, it's talking about giving birth to us. He, he, he birthed us. He, he made us being born again. Right? He's talking about now being born again. Right? If you go back to John chapter 3, you can learn more about this being spiritually and that conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Right? That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Amen? Do not marvel that I've said you must be born again. Do you guys remember that conversation? Okay, so now this is speaking back to that. Um, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So now remember, in the, in, in the beginning, this particular letter was wrote specifically, specifically to the Jewish brethren, to the Jewish Christians. So that who, where did the gospel go first? To the Jews. Amen? So he's talking about, okay, we've been born again. That, that process, Jesus appeared to us. The light of the gospel of grace was, was in the face of Jesus, in the person of Jesus. And so now we received that by the word of truth. He birthed us by the word of truth which came from Jesus. The light of that glorious gospel out of Jesus. Amen? That we might be kind of the first fruits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the one who brought forth all things. He brought us forth by the word of truth. Amen? And, and listen, let's... let's this all just wraps and ties in. The Word is light. Right? We've studied that already. Thy Word is a light unto my, uh, lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Right? There's so many scriptures that, that say that that we've already studied together. So I won't go totally there. So, just before James gives this warning, I'm going to go back to what he said earlier. Don't turn there. Just listen to me. So James, just before he gives this warning, what was the warning? <clears throat> what was the warning? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Blessed is the man, in verse 12, is the man who endures temptation. For when he, is he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. It brings forth, right? Sin. When sin, when it is full grown, that brings forth death. Excuse me. That brings forth death. Think about this. When sin is conceived, so think about what the terminology that's being used here. Right? Sin is conceived. And sin, when it is full grown, when it's come to full term, 
it brings forth that. Think of a stillbirth. If you look at this terminology, this is, I mean, I know that doesn't sound good, but it's not meant to sound good. It's actually telling you how, how really disgusting it is, how bad and how evil, and, and, it, and it's death. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, for the commandment is a lamp. Did you hear that? The commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. So this is a, a metaphor. This is using that terminology now. Don't be lured away. Don't be tempted by something. Now look, obviously um, this is speaking something specific because it speaks to something that most are familiar with, right? You're going to be tempted away, a, a, a man, a young man, old man, doesn't matter. A man might be tempted away from a woman who is showing him attention. Do you, you understand that, right? A woman who's maybe a, showing him attention, an attractive woman, she bats those eyes at him. That's the picture that this is trying to, to and, and through this it's trying to explain something to us. But you don't have to be a young man, old man. You have to be a, a man who is lusting after a female to understand this. Because this is not just talking about that kind of allurement. Anything. Anything. I brought this with me. I wish it would. <laughs> yeah. And see, it's kind of shiny, right? And you turn it and the light reflects off of it. It's even got this little tail that kind of, when you pull it through the water, it moves a little bit and it attracts the fish. Why? 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 It's visual. There's, there's something that's attractive in that bright color, that light reflecting off of it. And to the fish, this looks good. It looks pretty good to me, too. I'd find. So that's what I do when I buy those. See, I, I was blessed uh, yesterday, Michelle and I, and then we met with uh, Rachel and her family. We, we went to the... Uh, I, there's two toy stores that Pop-Up really likes. One is the Bass Pro Shop, and the other one's Home Depot. Those are Pop-Up's toy stores. So I was fortunate enough in that uh, I think Rachel and Mitch got me some Bass Pro Shop cards. So I got to go and spend those yesterday. And so I'm walking through that place and I'm like, I'm like a fish. I'm looking at all, <gasps> and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at that. And unfortunately, I spent more than what those cards were worth. So it worked. Did you hear that? It worked. But man, there were some big old lures out there. I said, man, what? I want to catch, catch a whale with that thing. Some big old lures and big old, man, oh man. If I got hooked with that, it's pulling the boat. I'm not. But, 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 this, but, this, but, but do you understand what I'm saying to you? And I'm thinking, if, man, if I were a bass, I'd eat that. If I were a bass, I'd chase that. But that's, see, that's what this is about. It's about getting attention. And in, in the case of the fishing lure, that fish is attracted to this shiny thing, this thing that's to, to um, imitate its, its food, right? Or a predator or something, right? It's this thing, is th these lures, these things are designed to attract them, to get their attention, right? The enemy of your soul, same thing. What are, what are, we, what are we attracted to? What, are, what is catching our attention? See, because what we just read out of Proverbs is telling us something, man. Be watch out for that. Be careful of that. Why? Because you're looking at this, and there's hooks there. You, you're not seeing the hooks. 
You're not seeing that monofilament line, that thing that's going to capture you, that thing's going to keep you tangled up. You're not seeing that. All you're seeing is the shiny stuff. Is this ministering to anybody? You're just seeing the shiny stuff. You're not seeing that, that, that stuff. You're not seeing the hooks or the line, the stuff that's meant to, to trap you, to contain you, to hang on to you, to keep you tangled up. Inevitably, that happens, doesn't it? It happens. But we let it. Remember, if something is taking your attention away from God, then it's not from God. So don't say, God is blessing me with this. If this, whatever this is, is something that is not taking you away from God at all. And you may want to try to justify it in your mind. But think about that for a minute. I've taken jobs that hurt me. Come on. I was still blessed financially, but it emotionally and, and you know, having to have poured so much of my time and attention into it, that it took me away from some of the more important things. Come on. See, I'm saying, I'm giving my own life's example, not to bore you and, and not to um, you know, puff myself up or in any way. In fact, you'll know I'm, I'm, a, I'm frail, I'm a man. But, but how about you? Think about that. What are some of the things? Look at, let me ask y'all, young people, young people watching here, young people, wh what is it that is, I mean, gosh, you should be going after your schoolwork. You should be doing those things. But if God is not, listen, if God is not first on the list, and you've got to say, well, I can't because I can't spend time with God because I've got homework. Then you need to go ahead and figure out how to get it all done. You either need to wake up earlier. Come on. Cut out some of the fun time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come on. Come on. See, see, it's easy to pick those things out and, and young people, but how about us older fogies? Come on. Same, for, same with us. You get her back now, Kason. <laughs> Listen, what about us? What excuses do I make? I'm just going to use me. I'm not going to say you. What excuses do I make? Man, I'm so tired. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? Man, I am so tired. I mean, literally, I have caught myself in my office at work trying to get some work done and just almost giving myself whiplash in front of the computer at reconciling time cards and stuff. I mean, it's just crazy, right? But somewhere, somehow, I can't use that as justification. Why? And see, does that seem like something that would be a lure? Well, maybe not like a seductive, a seductive woman or something that's gold, but am I not at that point putting some kind of uh, um, something ahead of God? Well, you've got to rest. God wants you to rest. Yes, he does. But he wants me to enter his rest. Amen. See? So I have to enter his rest. And if I'm seeking him first, all of these things will be added unto me. I've tried that, Tony. It doesn't work. Stick to it. See, I, I'm going to talk now. Listen, I know some are, Do I have any football fans in the room? One, two, three, four. Come on, help a brother out over here because I'm about to use something that's... Uh... Amen. All right, I'm going to use it anyway. So. Okay, watch. 
<clears throat> now, most times what will happen is on defense is if you could get that quarterback, if you could get him off his spot, you could disrupt the play pretty good. Now, notwithstanding, you know, a lot of the uh, incredible athletes now that man, somehow like Patrick Mahomes and all that can throw on the run just as accurately as they can throw standing still. But you know what I'm saying. Generally speaking, if you can get that quarterback off of his spot, you're going to disrupt the play. Somehow you're going to throw a monkey wrench into that, and you're giving the second or the third layer a little bit more of, uh, of an advantage, so to speak. Are you with me so far? Okay, so now look, that's how we are with God. See, what does it say? Having done all, stand in Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 6, right? Having done all, stand. The Bible is very specific to us in saying to us, you, you know where you're standing. You, if, you're, if you have your foundation is on the rock, Jesus Christ, stand. No matter what kind of chaos is going on around you, no matter how it looks, no matter, listen, no matter what is being waved in front of you, you have the word of God, right? That's the light that you follow. Not this false light. Not another light that's being shined before you. What, what kind of light, Tony? What are you talking about? Just false doctrines? Yeah, sure. False doctrines, dogmas, things that were according to a tradition of man, uh, things, that were, things that are now scientific or now what the culture is saying is truth. No, no, no. There's one truth, and it comes out of here. So listen, that's the measuring stick. That's the measuring stick. Is it false light? How do I know? Is it in here? No. False light. Right? Real, real simple, right? But how am I going to know? Well, you're not going to know if you're not reading this. Amen. And I don't mean just reading a chapter a day. No, you've got to study. You've got to know what it's saying. Amen? So you, you study it. You know what it's saying. And so now you're on the spot. So now you have these big ugly linemen coming at you. These big things these, that are meant to distract you and move you off your spot. Having done all, stand. Why? Because you know what that word says. And even though that big ugly being is coming at you, even though this situation looks bad, even though that situation, even though they're calling you names, they're hollering every ugly word to you, even though they're getting right in your face, having done all, stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Having done all, stand. He's giving us, he's given us the tools. How do we know what tools that we have? Read Ephesians. It tells us what we have. Light. That is light. What are you talking about that's light? That's light. The light of what God has given us. That's light. That's information. That's knowledge. That's everything that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Awesome stuff. I'm going to continue. Um, in verse 19, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Did you hear that? So now I'm, I'm reading this. Did I suddenly say or change the subject? No. Look, look at all this is coupled together. Right? God is not tempting anybody with evil. You know, if something is happening, if some evil thing is tempting you, that is the enemy. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to, don't flirt with it, right? Go to the light. Go to the light, right? Don't, right? Okay, you, we, are we all in the same place? Okay, don't be deceived. Because the good and perfect gifts come from above. 
from the Father of lights, and he's never going to change. He's never going to not be. He's never going to tempt you with darkness. He's never going to tempt you with the thing to get you to do the right thing by doing the wrong thing, or get you to do the right thing. Come on, or get you to do the right thing by by having you follow somebody else. I think I'm going to go into that uh, bar because there's going to be a woman in there that needs my ministering to. <clears throat> I've heard stuff like that before. I'm not being ridiculous here. I've heard stuff like that before. You know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to date somebody who's not born again because, um, you know, God is going to make me help. No, it doesn't work that way. That goes against, that's not light. Or uh, this boy, this man, this woman, this girl, they say that, you know, they love Jesus and they're going to church and all this other stuff, but they're, you know, they're just a little bit off. They don't believe exactly like me and blah, blah, blah. Okay, is it scriptural? Because if it's not scriptural, it's not light. And God is not going to, listen, God is not going to have that person be a major part of your life. It's not going to happen. God is not going to do that so that you can become stronger. No. It's the opposite. I'm going to take this job because this is the job. I'm getting a title. Hallelujah. I'm no longer a golf course superintendent. Now I am the director of agronomy. That's the good one. I'm going after that. Really? Let's analyze. What does that comprise? How much more time will I have to spend? Who am I answering to on that job on a day-to-day -day basis? What kind of access do they have to me? And what's expected from me as it relates to time and attention? Do I have to give up some hours at the church? Come on, are you, are you following me? I'm using me as an example, but I'm hoping that somebody in this room or somebody watching is understanding. Well, I've got to work, Tony. Yeah, you have to work. But listen, here's what happens. You know, I've got to work another job because, because what? Because you spent too much money? Because what? You've made more bills than you actually can handle with the one job, so now you've got to work another job? See, yeah, but God gave me... God gave me if you're making payments on it and you made the decision and it's strapping you, that wasn't God. That wasn't a good and perfect gift that came from the Father of Lights. Man, I'm telling you, this is, I'm, I'm not getting the love. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not feeling the love right now. But, but do you understand? So look, I have to make sure that I'm prayerfully considering things and that I'm understanding, listen, that this thing or these things or that they look good and they make me feel good, it really is minister to my flesh not to my spirit right and and I'm and I can't do that I can't say and justify this is from God because it's good we did a study together good or god a series that was written by John Bevere a excellent book I don't read many other books in the bible because I don't have time but, but that that was a really good book and makes the point good or god not everything that we see as good is necessarily good as it relates to God and what His purpose and plan is for us. Not everything that's bad that we think is bad is necessarily bad because it makes us go to God. Let me give you an example. All right? How about Job? Anybody remember Job? Yes. Yes. Have you considered? Listen, it was that time when the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren, goes before God to accuse humans. Accuse humans. They're no good. Here's what happened. Here's what this one's doing. Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him on the face of the whole earth. 
God, why are you exposing Job like that? We know why. We, we read it together. God was glorified in that. And Job received a great reward in that. Even though Job... Go, listen, Job had a religious experience with God. He was obeying the word of God to keep his things. And because he did have a certain fear of God. The fear was, if I don't do this, God's taking this away from me. If I don't do this, I'm going to get sick. If I don't do this, that's not a, a relationship. That's a religion. And there, unfortunately, I bet you there are people in this room and people watching that understand God in that way. No, it's not that way. It's not about doing the do's so that God doesn't pull the rug out from underneath you. What it is, is He loves you. Do you love Him? And God learned that. I'm sorry, Job learned that because God allowed that to happen. So what looked like a bad thing was actually a good thing. And in the middle of all that, Job saw God. I, I, I knew about you, but now I see you. And what was Job's reaction of himself? Did he think that he was all high and mighty? Because remember what the confession was. There's no justice with God because I'm doing all of these things. And yet I'm suffering. There, there's, there, there can't be justice. Well, what's going on? This shouldn't happen. And that kind of the gist of what he said, help me out, Luke, you read that, is that's the gist of what he said. But then all of a sudden, when God reveals himself to Job, Job says, okay, I stink. I'm vile. I stink on ice. I'm going to shut my mouth now. See, my brothers and sisters, listen, God loves you. God loves you. But what we have to know is our righteousness this self-righteousness, all of this stuff that we think is so great and good about us is as filthy rags unto him. So what I do is I give myself to him and then now I have his righteousness. Amen. 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 That's, the, that's how much he loves me and you is that we can stink on ice but if we give ourselves to him and follow him, we just read his word, have this relationship with him, then you are the righteous of, of God in Christ. Yes. Isn't that scriptural? Isn't that truth? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm about finished. In Ephesians 5, 8, remember what we read together? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Don't be fooled. Don't be... Don't... Before you start following the stuff... See, that's what can happen. Before you start following the stuff... Make sure that it lines up with this. Make sure it's really God. It's, the, it's coming down from the Father of lights. And you know what? Listen. Let, let me, I, this has got to be Holy Spirit. Listen. When I think about, this just came to my heart and my mind. When I think about now, the Father of lights, in whom there is no variance or shadow of turning, and then we equate that with maybe with what they could understand, um, speaking in that terminology, you know, as it relates to sun, and then, the, you know, as the world is turning, the you know, shadows change, right? The angle of the sun has changed. At night, the sun is on the other side. Okay, so now watch. Watch. What does that mean? Maybe what we need to do is not be in such in a rush. What do you mean by that? Let's go ahead and let the earth spin a time or two before we jump on whatever it is that the devil has put before us. Or maybe it is a good thing and maybe it is God. Maybe we just need to go to God and get confirmation before we make these decisions, before we're doing some of these things. 
Because initially what seems like it's very a good thing and, and pleasant and it's definitely appealing to my flesh, mm, it may not be a good thing. Why don't we let God have, give us the answer? Why don't we let God have the final say-so? So when we're in the middle of making those decisions or chasing this thing or chasing that thing, maybe we need to let the, the earth rotate a time or two. Are you with me? Because if it's God, it ain't going nowhere. Whoa, that was good. Did, did you hear that? If it, if it was God, it's not going nowhere. Hallelujah. And finally, Philippians chapter 2. This one, I hope that you would meditate on this in light of everything that God has brought us. Chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Uh-oh that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life. Look, the word, life, light, you see all of this? Enter in commingling. You see how all, it's all synonymous. And do you see what it says there about holding fast? Remember what it says? Stand. Stand. You have this word of life. You have the light in you. And you have this word of life in you. So stand on that even when chaos, even when those big old ugly linemen are running at you and they're going to tackle you. You stand. Because if you're standing on the true light, you have no harm will come to you. What's the, for me, you say, well, Tony, that means no bad things happen to Christians. That's not what I'm saying at all. Let's just say the worst happens to me and this last enemy comes and takes me out. Bye. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. I'm going to see Jesus. Hope to see you soon. Come on, and I'm not saying that flippantly or callously. But I know that I know that I know that. So that even the worst thing that could possibly happen to me could be the best thing that ever happened to me. Come on. Come on. Are you there? Are you there? That you, oh man. But see, my brothers and sisters, here's the whole inference here. There has to be darkness in order for the light to really shine. For the light to shine through you. Jesus can overcome, he himself can overcome any False light, light, but it doesn't matter. He's so bright, it doesn't matter. But man, we have to let the light shine through us yes. in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand with me. You know, if you stand, great. If you need to sit or kneel, that's fine. Whatever it is that you want to do. But I, what, I, you know, what I would really like to do, instead of inviting you up to this altar, can we, can we agree right now? And, and don't, no church talk. Let's be real. There's just a handful of us worshipers here. Can we agree that God is in our midst? Amen. Okay. Now, now, that scripture says that Jesus said, I'm in your midst. That means that if you're praying, and you're praying earnestly and sincerely, he's hearing it, and there's, you're going to get an answer. 
So now in light of what God has just told us, in light of maybe what he's told us in the last few weeks, what's on your heart and on your mind? What do you want to place before him? And is there anything that you have placed before him in, in that has become a distraction? And do you want to give that up right now? Last, last word of advice, and then we'll pray. Get out of your own way. You're not all that. It's not about how you feel, how much you think you're owed, how smart you think you are, how, how many good works you think you've done. It's not all about that. It's about glory to Him. Glory to God. Amen? Amen. So God, our Father in Heaven, Father, we believe that every good and perfect gift is from above, from You, our Father, who all light and life emanates from. Lord, You are the true and living God. And You've revealed Yourself in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's Him that we pray to now. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for us. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that because you suffered so greatly that we have the ability now to come before you and, and thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, help us not to take your grace and mercy for granted. Lord, I've made some mistakes over and over again. And I thank you, Lord, that you haven't squashed me like a bug. But Lord, I don't want to take your grace and mercy for granted and I don't want to be disrespectful and not fearing of you in the sense that I take great awe of everything that you are and everything that you've done. So Lord, in this moment, those of us who know that we've, had, we've made mistakes and maybe we've thought a little bit highly of ourselves in some areas or maybe we thought you know, differently than what your word says. So Lord, thank you for your forgiveness in those areas as we lay those before you now and ask, Lord, for grace and mercy. And Lord, we pray now that you would strengthen us with the power of your might. Father, that you would allow us to see more clearly. And Father, that you would empower us by your Spirit, not just to see, but then to do. Father, help us. Help us. We need your help. We need your guidance and we need your strength. Lord, help us in those times when we're challenged to stand. Help us, Lord, not to be moved off of the mark. Help us, Lord to remember that you've equipped us and that spiritually we've already won the battle. We just have to stand. So help us, Lord, to remember all of those things. Lord, help us to recognize these schemes and these tricks of the devil. Father, that we're led away by our own lust, but there's, there are these things. Lord, so help us to recognize these things for what they truly are. And help us to recognize and to be able to discern the true light from those things, Lord, that just seem right. Lord, you've warned us in your word several times. So help us, all, Lord, to, to have that in our hearts, in our minds, clearly, with strength, by your Spirit. Hallelujah. Get all the glory, Lord. Be glorified in our lives. Let us be salt and light in this crooked and perverse generation. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen.